Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. <laughs> Money FM 89.3. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. Time now for the bigger picture. And this morning, two parts of the world sort of getting everyone's attention. Later at 10 a.m., China will come into play with a data dump, including mm. GDP. Uh, it will show how the fourth quarter fare. Uh, but first, let's talk about everything coming out of Switzerland. I'm talking about the World Economic Forum in Davos. The snowy Alps in Davos. That's where all the big wigs, business leaders, as well as policymakers are meeting and a lot being launched in terms of surveys and findings and among them this really stands out for me this PwC survey of over 4,400 business leaders and among them, 73% of them are predicting global growth will decline over the next 12 months. And this is the worst reading since the polls began back in 2011. Two out of five even expressed concern their companies may not last a decade. And a separate survey of chief economists released by the WEF found two-thirds expect a worldwide recession this year as we see businesses cutting costs and 18% of them view a downturn as extremely likely. Let's unpack with Eddie Lowe. He is the Chief Investment Officer for Maybank Group Wealth Management. Morning, Eddie. How are you doing today? Good morning, Brian. Hey, Eddie. Lots to unpack from the survey findings out from the WEF. Let's start mm-hmm. with the recessionary picture. I think there are two parts to this. How bad do you expect the recession to be this year and how much mm-hmm. is already priced in? Because we've seen so right. many warnings already. Some are describing it as pretty much the most telegraph recession ever. Right, right, right. I think we believe that the economic outlook going into 2023 remains challenging as investors have to deal with, you know, really slower global growth, particularly in the advanced economies, amidst tighter monetary policies to combat the decades-high inflation. And on top of that, we still have uh, lingering geopolitical uncertainties with Russia and Ukraine entering into a stalemate situation. Now, uh, you mentioned how much negative has been priced in. You know, in some ways, the inflation, much of the inflation and the rate high expectations, to be fair, I would say has been largely priced in. But what has not been priced in is really corporate earnings negatives. Mm. We still think that earnings estimates are still a little bit too high. So that could actually bring uh, equity markets uh, another leg down. Yeah, let's uh, touch on the earnings since you mentioned it because mm-hmm. we have the earnings from a few companies coming forth in the next few days. For example, mm-hmm. Netflix, Procter & Gamble. Last week, we had the US banks. So the question these days is, you no know, higher costs, can they pass it on? So what's your view? Are they able to pass it on to the consumer? At what point do we see margins start to erode? Right, actually likely not be able. I don't, we don't think that they can pass on the higher costs completely. Now, if you look at the US, consensus is projecting earnings decline of about 4% for S&P 500 in this fourth quarter, right? So this will mark the first year-on-year earnings decline since the pandemic in third quarter 2020, right? While this lowered bar will make it easier for companies to meet expectations. So we have actually seen the US banks reporting in fourth Q and they have largely met expectations. But what we believe matters more is really the forward guidance Mm. on earnings outlook. As I mentioned, we believe that the current 4-5% EPS growth forecast for S&P 500 
is still a bit optimistic. And plus the fact that S&P 500 is still trading than higher historical average levels about 17 to 18 times. So I think earnings risk has not been fully priced in. You get some disappointing guidance in the upcoming results. I think that could trigger a further market sell-off. Yeah, Eddie, when it comes to guidance, what are you expecting in terms of perhaps layoffs? Because you've seen Mm -hmm. the tech sector, they'll be announcing in a few weeks. They've been Mm -hmm. in headlines for laying off people. And have, have you seen the worst of it considering the jobs market in the US has been quite resilient? Yeah, the unemployment has been surprisingly low. I think the last print was at 3.5%, and that's actually near historical low levels. Now, but we do expect to hear uh, more job cuts, not just in the tech sector. Goldman Sachs also talk about laying another round of layoffs. So it could actually spread beyond the tech sector. And therefore, I think we do expect unemployment to creep up in the course of this year. And ironically, that is not necessarily a bad thing because if unemployment were to pick up, uh, pick up, and then that will reduce the pressure on wages and consequently inflation. And there, central banks like the Fed could actually afford to ease off the hiking rate hike pedal a little bit and then that will have a ne- less negative impact on growth. Okay, let's look at perhaps some of the bright spots this mm-hmm. year. And I think China could arguably be something to look forward to in terms of reopening story. But first, let's look at the fourth quarter GDP mm-hmm. numbers that are due later today. Uh, what are yes. you expecting? We're expecting a bit of a slowdown. How bad is it going to be? Well, I think it's going to be quite a uh, soft data. As you mentioned earlier, on consensus is projecting growth in GDP uh, to slow to 1.8%. Uh, year on year in the fourth quarter. And on top of that, uh, we're, we're tracking retail sales. Retail sales is actually expected or projected to decline 8%. This was due really due to surging COVID infections in December due to the abrupt reopening. Now, having said that, we do believe that China has slightly seen its worth uh, with regards to zero COVID, with regards to the property sector, and the crackdown on tech sector also appears to be nearing an end. And valuation-wise, MSCI China remains inexpensive. Although... We think that the market is vulnerable to a near-term profit-taking because it has actually rebounded 50% uh, from the November lows. Yeah, people have been describing it as a U-turn for Chinese markets. Some describing it as a V-turn because it's going to be very sharp due to the abrupt change in direction. So when you look at China, mm-hmm. uh, what would you invest in China right now? Right, I think the reopening process uh, will uh, definitely benefit uh, the companies that will see increased consumption, increased traveling. And it's not just uh, domestic Chinese companies, actually uh, non-China companies that could benefit from this increased Chinese tourists could also gain in the process, including those in Singapore, right? But on top of that, I think on the longer term run, we talked about property sector and tech sector. Uh, We are seeing additional uh, property uh, measures being pushed out that will support the bottoming of property sales. So that would be beneficial for uh, selected property developers as well as their uh, related credits. And on the tax side, we also believe that um, the crackdown on the tax sector is nearing an end and that could actually ease some of the growth pressures on the big tax sectors and, and that is something that we are focusing on as well. Yeah, something in focus will be what the FOMC will be doing in about two weeks' time mm-hmm. and all the expectations are pointing to some hope they might ease <laughs> off on its rate hike uh, path. If you look at the dollar index, is mm-hmm. at a six-month low. So I'm just wondering where the dollar is going to be placed for this right. year. Are we expecting these levels to be uh, plateauing or are we expecting further moderation when it comes to the strength of the US dollar? Right. If you, if you take a step back, you know, the dollar has been one of the strongest currencies in 2022. dollar index was up about 8%. And this strength was really on the back of the aggressive Fed monetary tightening. 
Fed was actually one of the most hawkish banks last year to combat the surging U.S. inflation. However, I think this year, come this year, inflation is indeed moderating, in uh, peaking and moderating in the U.S. So the Fed could afford to slow its pace of rate hikes. And at the same time, other central banks are around the world are also catching up with their rate hikes. So we are actually seeing less support for the dollar, and that's why we are seeing this. Uh, and, 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 you know, uh, in fact, uh, dollar shots are actually rising, as you mentioned. Now, having said that, in the near term, the dollar does look oversold in the near term, and we believe that the dollar pool may not give up the fight just yet until we see more clarity on Fed policy rate hikes on inflation moderating uh, more convincingly. So, but, you know, even if there were to be any rebound, I think that it will be likely to be kept and we do expect to see a clearer trend of U.S. dollar reversal to the downside in the later part of this year. All right, lots to watch out for when it comes to U.S. dollar. We've been chatting with Eddie Lowe. He is the Chief Investment Officer for Maybank Group Wealth Management. Eddie, thanks as always. Uh, we catch up with you another time. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.